reading this morning is taken from 2 Kings 5, 1 to 10. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a message to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farfar the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet has told you to do some great things, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. 
when my master enters the temple of Raymond to bow down and he is leaning on my arm and I have to bow there also when I bow down in the temple of Raymond may the Lord forgive your servant for this go in peace Elisha said thank you very much indeed well we've got the baptistry open and um, we're a Baptist church we've got this big pool um, that's normally covered up by boards, but we've got the water uh, in there now. And it's because we've got a baptism today. And uh, it's Siobhan getting baptised. I know you're feeling nervous and that, but, you know. And it's kind of random. This is kind of random, Siobhan. Because, um, actually, a lot of us don't really know you. But what's happened is, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but in the last little while, you know, you had a Christian upbringing, but last little while, you've been encountering God online. And um, this is just something you feel like you, you've got to do this. And uh, we've met you a few times, or I, have, I haven't, and, and, and this is also, because I know, Peter, you and Siobhan, you're about to relocate to the West Country, so you're not going to be part of this church. And we pray, Siobhan, you'll find a, a church where you're going, um, and you've just retired, so everything's happening for you. Uh, but this is kind of random, but you know what? This is kind of God. <laughs> This is what God does. God is kind of does random things like this. And he does it because he wants to remind us that he is God and we're not. He's in control and we're not in control. And he doesn't do things according to our scheme and he doesn't dance to our tune. But when God calls, we've got we to be obedient. We've got to do what he's calling us to do. And that's what this is about for you Siobhan today. It might seem random, it might seem unlikely, but this is what God does, and this is what we heard in this story. It seems so unlikely that the commanding officer of an army of a foreign nation would be the one who would be blessed by God. Now, back in the day, um, the people of Israel knew that they were chosen by God, but they had other nations around them and the next nation across was Aram, uh, now known as Syria. And in fact, they'd been at war at times, and there was an uneasy relationship between the two nations. And this is a story about Naaman, who's the commanding officer of this rival nation. Now, Jesus refers back to this story in the New Testament when he's preaching in his hometown of Nazareth, and he says, remember the story about Naaman the Syrian? It was Aram, but it was Syria, same place. Uh, and he was the only one who was cleansed of his leprosy. There were plenty of other lepers at that time in Israel, but he was the only one. And how random was that? But how God. This is what God does. And this can give us hope. You might think, why would God love me? What have I got? <laughs> Surely God would overlook me and there'd be someone else much more favorable than me. But that's not what God does. He loves us. And actually, you might be unlikely. You might think, I'm not worthy of God's favor. But his love is for everybody, and it reaches everybody. So this man, Naaman, he was, in worldly terms, really successful. He was conqueror. He'd fought battles. Uh, God had given him victory, and because of that, he was really highly valued by the king. He was a successful man, but there was one thing he couldn't conquer, and that was this skin condition. 
Now, whether it was leprosy as we know it or another kind of skin condition, we don't know. Uh, but you know, it can be like that sometimes. You might well be successful at work. You might be having a great life on the face of it, but there might be things at home or in your personal life you just can't conquer. You just can't sort. It's like it's always there. You can't get rid of it. You haven't got the victory. That was certainly the case for Naaman. And it was obvious to all. Now, <laughs> grace came his way, again, in an unlikely uh, manner. But it came his way through this, a young girl whom he'd actually taken captive. He'd stolen her and taken, whoops, he'd stolen her and taken her to be his slave. Now, she should have been bitter and resentful and wanted to get away, but she actually saw him and felt sorry for him uh, and said to uh, his wife, who was her mistress, she said, if only my master would go to Israel. Uh, there's a prophet there and he, he'll sort him out. He would heal his leprosy. Naaman gets to hear about this and asks for permission to the king. He goes through all the right protocols. The king of Aram says, yeah, great, okay, I'll write a letter to the king of Israel and we'll go. And he, well, off he went, taking his uh, massive gift, gold, silver, ten sets of clothing, and, uh, and off they went. And he saw the king of Israel. King of Israel thought, what? This is, I can't fix this guy. It's just my neighboring king just trying to stir up trouble for me. Tears his clothes and he's, he, he thinks, oh no, we're going to have another war on our hands. Elisha, the man of God, hears about it and says, send him to me. I'll sort him out. Now, who was Elisha? Well, the last couple of weeks we heard about a guy called Elijah. And Elisha was the successor to Elijah. He was his apprentice. And when Elijah left this earth, he didn't actually die. He just went up and ascended into heaven uh, in, on, on like a chariot of fire and a horse of fire. <laughs> he, he, there was a, he just disappeared. Off he went. When that happened and Elisha was present, then Elisha inherited a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And actually, although Elijah did amazing things, amazing miracles for God, Elisha did even more. And one of them was this. So, Elisha's a man of God, and he knows, he's got no doubt, that God is going to heal this man. He has faith. But when Naaman comes, comes with all his entourage, the, the horses and the chariots and his great gifts, Elisha doesn't even bother coming to his front door. He just sends out a messenger to see him. Now, Naaman was the kind of guy, he was used to saying, do this, and people did it. He was a big deal. He was an important person. You know, if Boris Johnson turned up at your door, would you go to the door? I won't answer that question. <laughs> ask that question. But he was an important person. He was a big deal. And Elisha says, I'm not even going to bother going to see this man. Why did he do that? Why was he so rude? <laughs> It's because his eyes were fixed on God. And he was not going to be wowed or impressed by human power and human strength. I believe if we want to see God, see miracles, see God move, we've got to have our eyes fixed on God. I know for me, it's all too easy to be impressed by human might and strength and money, wealth, all the rest of it. Are my eyes fixed on God? God. 
true for Elisha. His eyes were fixed on God. He wasn't bothered about this impressive person. And so he sends the messenger off. You just tell him to go and wash in the River Jordan seven times. Well, Naaman is not impressed with this. This was rubbish. He travelled all this way. He brought gifts from afar. And yet, A, he couldn't be bothered to see me. And B, what kind of advice was that? Go and wash in a river seven times. I thought he would come out, you know, do some magic trick, hocus pocus, you know, say abracadabra, and I'd be sorted out. I thought he could at least have done that for me. But no, stupid. And it can seem stupid when God's word comes to us. It can seem a bit crazy and a bit ludicrous and humanly not make sense. So it's understandable that Naaman's reaction was anger and he thought, no, I'm not having anything to do with this. His servants appealed to him and said, you know, if, if he'd, you'd been asked to do something really hard and impressive and all the rest of it, you'd have gone and done it. Why don't you just, since you're here, you've traveled all this way, why don't you just do it? Go and do what he's told you to do. What have you got to lose? And to his credit, Naaman swallows his pride and humbles himself and goes down to the River Jordan and dips himself in the water seven times. What was he doing? Could have given up after five or six, this isn't working. But no, he does it. He does what he's told to do. And on the seventh time, he comes up and his skin is cleansed. And it's like a totally fresh. I wonder if you're hearing God knocking on the door of your heart. And he's asking you to do something. And human reasoning can, can just say, oh, that's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> you can argue your way out of it. But actually, deep down, you know that God's calling you to do something and you've just got to obey. Even if it means you look like a fool. Even if it seems silly on the face of it. That's what Naaman had to do. He had to swallow his pride and go down and have a bath in the River Jordan. <laughs> now, there was nothing magic about the River Jordan. Naaman said that himself. He had better rivers in his own country. There was nothing special about the water. But it was his step of obedience. And it was what God did in response to that. Siobhan, you're taking a step of obedience today, getting baptised in water. And I want to assure you there's nothing magic about this water. It's good, normal Pembury water. <laughs> but there's nothing magic about it. But what it represents is what God has been doing in your life. As you go down into the water, there's that sense of you in your old life going down too. And as you come up, you come up with God. It's a new life. And what it represents is the washing that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in you. In the New Testament, there's a letter, short little letter towards the end of the Bible called Titus. And in chapter 3 of Titus, it says this, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal 
by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, what He does, He is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He gives us a wash. And what happens is He makes real to us what Jesus has done on the cross. This is poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. When Jesus died on the cross, He died so that we might have life. He became our sin, all our bad stuff, so that we could then be cleansed of that. And that becomes real. That was a historical act 2,000 years ago. But it becomes real to us through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Now, this is God's mercy. This is God's grace. You haven't paid to do this, Siobhan. There's no cost. It's free. And God's love and his grace is totally free. For Naaman, he didn't have to do some impressive thing. It was all just a free gift. He wanted to come back once he was healed and cleansed. He came back to Elisha to see, look, I've got to give you a gift. Elisha did come out to see him that time, but Elisha refused the gift. He said, I will not accept a thing for this because this is free. This is a free gift. If you read on in the story, his servant later on thought he was a bit stupid doing that, so he went and got some of the gift back, but, and then he got in trouble for it. But Elisha said, no, this is a free gift from God. And that's what this is. This is a free gift from God. So while there's nothing magic about the water, what God does is truly miraculous. Because he takes our little step of obedience in response. And he says, yes, this is my child whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said to the crowd, repent and be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, they welcomed his message, and about 3,000 people were added to their number. They were baptized. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Following his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In obedience to Christ and in joyful thanks for God's redeeming love, we gather to baptize Siobhan, whom the Spirit has led to repentance and faith. Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. Just like Naaman was washed, Jesus was also baptized in the River Jordan. And still disciples are called to follow Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism, to be buried and raised in union with him. Here is the grace of God, washed free of sin. Disciples of Jesus are immersed into all that God has done in Christ and all that he promises to do through his Spirit. And by the one Spirit, we are baptized into one body, patterned after the likeness of our Lord Jesus and anointed for his service. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives, the unseen things. I want to pray for anyone, whether sitting here this morning or at home watching this online, who is sensing you calling them to take a step of obedience in faith. 
Thank you that you do not give up on us, that you chase us down and that you call us. Lord, give us the faith we need to take that step of obedience, whatever it may be. I want to thank you for Siobhan and all that you've been doing in her life and for the step of obedience she's taken to you today, before you. She just felt compelled to come and compelled to get baptised. I pray your blessing on our sister. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. My friends, today we hear of the work of God in Siobhan. She is here because Jesus Christ